The Athletic. The Athletic Women's Football Podcast is proudly partnered with Now. With a Now Sports membership, you can watch the biggest moments from the Women's Super League live. Find out more at nowtv.com. They've had their warning. They've had their warning. Here's Lucy Bryans. That is remarkable from Arsenal. Oh, Hello and welcome to the Athletic Women's Football Podcast in partnership with Now. Coming up, beating Birmingham harder than expected for Chelsea. Arsenal and Man City in seventh heaven, and Coventry's great escape. It's Lindsay Hooper here with England and Arsenal legend Kelly Smith and BBC football commentator Robin Cowan. Both of you, it feels like a while. How are you doing? Kelly, first of all, what were you doing over Maybank holiday? I was very busy. I was in the studios um, doing the Man City-Brighton game and then the Arsenal-Aston Villa game and then the women's football show and then a family barbecue on Monday. So I'm a little bit tired, I might, might add. Yeah, to get the family barbecue in there. I, I haven't had my first barbecue yeah. of the year yet. Has Robin Cowan or, Robin, are you too busy still with nappies and bits? <laughs> I'm desperate for a first barbecue, but it's not really been the weather yet, has it? Yeah, no, I was. I did the Arsenal Villa game as well, along with Kelly. And on Monday, I took Morris, my boy, to his first ever football game. I uh, didn't see much football, but um, good to tick that one off the list. It was a men's Aww. game, but it was also where Oxford United women play. Nice, nice uh, area for families. You know, a lot of them just running around already re- watching the football. So yes, like Kelly, not exactly relaxing bank holiday, but uh, you know, one to one we got through <laughs> mainly. <laughs> The, the Birmingham-Chelsea game aside, we are being treated to so many goals right now, aren't we? Kelly, you obviously saw your club score seven. Do you run out of ways, Robin, to say, it's a goal? They scored. <laughs> yeah, really, that was in the back of my head. Well, actually not in the back, right at the front of my brain when Arsenal scored, kept scoring. You do have to think of other ways to describe them and to... <laughs> You know, oh, brilliant, stunning, fantastic. Yeah, the kind of the, the saurus comes out. It's really hard. Um, but thankfully, they were, all of them were fairly, they were quite different. So that, that helped. <laughs> this leads us in nicely to our moments of the WSL because it wasn't just Arsenal who got that big win, as we pointed out. So it does mean there's lots to choose from for our moments of the WSL with now. And that is coming up next. Moments of the Women's Super League with now. Watch the big moments from the WSL Live with a Now Sports membership. Right then, time to pick out our standout moments from the weekend's WSL action. I've gone for the Chelsea penalty from Pinilla Harder. And the reason being, it's just huge, isn't it, in the title race? I know it wasn't pretty. We've seen Chelsea win pretty many times. I think I put this to Erin Cuthbert in a post-match interview, but it was one where they had to win ugly. They now have that four-point cushion. We've got the North London derby where that could be reduced going into the final game of the season, back down to one point. It's made it super exciting. We know the title race is going down as well to the final day because of this. Uh, Kelly, what have you chosen? I am going to choose Bunny Shaw's fourth goal. I just remember Lauren Hemp picking up the ball, driving down the wing like she does fantastically all season. She gets to the byline. And what I like most about Bunny Shaw's goal was her movement. All she did was just stand still, take a step back, and just open up her body and it come onto her right foot and she just rifled it into the net. And that, for me, just put the other team out of the game. So her fourth goal was just brilliant. 
this means, Robin, you've got so many still left to choose from. I have a feeling you might go for the Arsenal game. Uh, yes, we, we, it was a feast of, of goals at the Arsenal game and there were quite a few. I really like Stina Blackstinius's goal, very cheeky, mm. but I've gone for Beth Mead's absolute thronker from a from outside oh i like that word yeah that's another one um the way she cut across it and then it sort of bent away from the goalkeeper that is just top class quality football from beth mead she had a fantastic game i just think she's had a fantastic season after you know a lot's been made of the disappointment of not being picked for the olympics and she's just been so consistent for arsenal this season and i think she she might even break her WSL goal scoring record, which in fact was in our first season, the WSL with Sunderland. Do you remember that, that fantastic season under Carlton Fairweather? Mm. So, yeah, I just think she's been possibly Arsenal's most consistent player this season. Her assists rate too, obviously taking over Kaz Carney. And for me, I think she's going to be player of the season for Arsenal, if not, you know, when the, the fans vote for the player of the season or player's player. I think she's just been outstanding. As soon as the first whistle has gone, she's been their go-to player. Those were our picks then for moments of the WSL with now. Uh, We've gone towards the top of the table there with Chelsea, Arsenal and Man City all covered. But maybe listening, you're thinking of a different game. You were somewhere else. I'd like to say on a sunny afternoon, assuming as it's now May, but it's still pretty windy and rotten, especially where I am right now. So maybe you were freezing somewhere watching your team. So do get in touch. Let us know at The Athletic UK or at Offside Rule Pod if you have a moment that's different to ours. Uh, Let's dive into the details. Tell them. With the Now Sports membership, you can stream all the live Sky Sports action from the Women's Super League and much more. Watch it all for just eleven ninety nine with a Now Sports Day membership. To find out more, search Now Sports or visit NowTV.com. Birmingham nil, Chelsea won. Let's begin here. Birmingham might have been hoping for a second giant killing at St Andrews when they hosted Chelsea on Sunday. At St Andrews, of course, the stadium where they inflicted Arsenal's only defeat this season. Uh, Chelsea missed several chances at the very beginning of the game, but as it went on, it did look like it could end in a shock nil-nil. It was top versus bottom of the league. My moment of the WSL was that penalty from Penilla Harder. It came courtesy of Lisa Robertson, who handled the ball in the box. She wasn't even facing the way the ball came, but her arm was in an unnatural position, I guess. And then Harder slotted home the penalty very coolly for the 1-0 win. First of all, Kelly, did you think that was a penalty? I know that it's the letters of the law and all of that, but it was. it felt like it was harsh on Robertson. Oh, no, I disagree. I think it was a penalty. I think she lost uh, track of the ball and was was trailing back with her hand in the air. And obviously the ball did hit. I know she wasn't looking at the ball, but you've got to keep your hands down whether you, you lose track of the player or not. Um, you can't have your hands up in that that height. And the ball did hit her hand. And for me, it was a it was definitely a penalty. It came at the right time for Chelsea, though, I felt, because they, they, they were poor on, on, the, on the night. Um, I thought def- uh, Birmingham defended diligently. They pressed, they worked hard. And I... Chelsea rush things they seemed to, as though the pressure was getting to them a little bit and they didn't really create that much mm. and that was a little bit of luck that you need in the title race for something to go your way and it was like a brilliant penalty by Harder lots of pressure on her and she just slotted it in nicely 
Emma Hayes was talking afterwards as well, Robin, about the tactics that she deployed in this one. We saw Erin Cuthbert get player of the match and she actually only played 45 minutes. She came on for the second half. That was one of the first changes. Then she made a double change in the second half as well. She just said to me afterwards that she just didn't see that the forwards were in the game. That's why she took Beth England off. She wanted to get overloads in other areas. So did you think this was a bit of a masterstroke from her? Yeah, I mean, obviously she has the luxury of that depth and being able to make those changes to, um, to personnel, also to the system. But that's a credit to her players that they can be sort of versatile. And yeah, I mean, again, I think we gave Erin Cuthbert player of the match when they laboured to their win against Spurs at the Hive as well, because no matter what happens, she is just 100% energy in your face and it's just so hard to play against when you're up against someone like that who will just never give anything up, even in what was looked like an absolutely filthy night, not one you'd <laughs> want to be, I mean, particularly want to play in. A, I'm sure you, you, Lindsay, not particularly want to watch that. I hope you had some cover. I tested out a waterproof jacket for the first time. And? That match. Um, it was okay. It needed a hood. That would be <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> overall assessment. It's a bit off topic, but I've got to say, why do they put the fans at St Andrews behind the camera? Because it looked like it was behind closed doors with oh, crowd I know. You could this hear is the crowd. Be- it's just this is a bona fide reason, though, Robin, that they've got a whole stand that has been under safety issues for near on twelve months now. Mm. They can't. They can't put them over in that stand. I mean. It's just been it's been disappointing from that point of view because you want to see them and then you have to have these cutaway shots. I know exactly what you're saying, but it has mm. been one of the challenges I think at St Andrews. It was a, a result they needed as well, don't you think? They have now mm. Manchester City away before the final game of the season, and although officially they're not relegated as we record this, it's going to be a tough ask, isn't it? I, I think yeah, it's it's doom and gloom for them. I was really impressed with their pressing and how they approached the game against Chelsea and I was just watching it thinking where has this been all season so many heavy defeats early on in the season it just took them a while to get going and it's frustrating for them because their last couple of performances have been really really good but yeah it's a tough ask I can't see them pulling it off if I'm honest Um, and I think they will be relegated Mm. maybe those last couple of performances as you say might be why Darren Carter is very hopeful of signing a new permanent deal so even if they go down to the championship they could still have Darren Carter who will be instead of being interim he'll be on a permanent deal to try and get them back up a couple of personnel issues that we can tie up here first of all Jisoo Yun who we learned will be leaving Chelsea after eight years at the club 68 goals in 208 matches uh, since she joined in 2014 11 major trophies that she's got to her name uh, she scored the only goal in the first women's FA Cup final that took place at Wembley there's so much history with this player now I did ask about G and whether it was linked to the current ownership status of Chelsea and the fact it has to be sold this month and there are lots of players out of contract Emma Hayes did say it's got nothing to do with that. When mm. she is ready to to tell her side of the story and why she's made this decision, she will do. The other bit of news that we got an update on was was Fran Kirby. I'm sure both of you saw that post she put up this week um, on social media in full training kit saying, I'm coming. And, and that just sounded so good. I had to ask about it. Well, Emma did say she's going to be back on grass this week and that things have been going much better. And we wish her all the best with this fatigue problem. But it sounds like she's making great strides now. Um, with Chelsea coming close to a draw in this one, I'm sure as Arsenal fans were 
watching on. They probably had their own little chants, you know, Adele's song, we could have had it all, and um, because they could. But it wasn't all bad for them. They put on a pretty impressive shift themselves. Arsenal 7, Aston Villa 0. After a nice tribute to Villa's Anita Asante, who started her career at Arsenal, the gloves came off big time as soon as the first whistle went. 13 minutes in, Viv Miedemar had scored two for the home side. She almost made it a hat-trick in the second half when her shot rebounded off the bar onto Rachel Corsi for a Villa-owned goal. After that, Beth Mead scored a stunner. It was Robin's moment to the WSL, of course, that goal. Uh, Lotta Rubin Moy, she got a tap-in. Stina Blackstenius, that was some silky skill there as well for that tight-angled shot. And Nikita Paris scoring her 50th WSL goal from the penalty spot. So 7-0 overall. A sweet and sour performance, I think, overall for Jordan Nobbs because she will have loved that result, Kelly. But to come off with a knock, and it looked like it was a knee again. Do you know any more on that? No, I don't. Um, I was at the game and I've seen it on a replay. It, It didn't look like it was a contact injury and she did, bless her, try and play on as you would do because you, you you want to perform for your club that she loves and obviously she knows all, all eyes are on her trying to make this squad. She needs to be playing uh, to make this Euro squad. But I just literally, when, when she went down, I had a lump in my throat because I know, know Jordan quite well and she has suffered with injuries so so badly the last couple of uh, seasons, you know, missing the World Cup, missing the Olympics. It always seems to come at the wrong time and I just literally wanted to jump over the barrier and go and give her a cuddle. Uh-huh. Uh, but it was pleasing to see that Beth Mead and Jen Beattie, you know, gather round her and walk her down the dressing room. But she did leave the ground on crutches. Um, I don't know the, well, we don't know the extent of the injury. Maybe she's going to get a scan and, and hopefully it's not as bad as, as we think it is. But it didn't, it did not look good. And I just feel for her really, it's such a sad, you know, sad thing to happen time and time again. And I don't want to be one of those journalists who try and inter- overinterpret things. But when she came off, Kelly, she kind of turned to the, the crowd and applauded them. And I'm not sure whether that was just because, you know, she was getting so much support from the home crowd or whether that might be her saying goodbye because it's unlikely she's going to play the rest of the season. And she's not played enough this season. I'm sure she, she feels like she needs more minutes. So I just wonder if this might mean the end of her Arsenal career. We'll have to see. But didn't Jonas come out and say Jonas come out and say that she's still got a year left on her contract? That's right, but we'll, agreement, we'll, maybe. yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah, she's contracted. But from the players' point of view, I mean, obviously that they can just keep her, can't they? But she won't want her another season just coming off the bench occasionally, will she? No, definitely not. The person that she is, she'll be want to want to play and get ninety minutes every game. We'll have to see whether you read into that right, Robin, come the start of next season. I'm sure there's going to be so much summer activity in the in WSL this year, more than we've seen ever before, I think. Let's talk about goals scored here because it did make a huge difference to goal difference overall. And the, the title race could come down to it. Uh, there is a scenario where Chelsea and Arsenal can end up level and it could come down to goals scored. They've also got a game in hand. So whatever they score in the North London derby can also help with this. Could you see it coming down to something like that, Robin? I think we'll come on to it, won't we? But I just don't see Chelsea slipping up because they're also relying on them to, to drop points. So they have a massive game, obviously, on the final day against Manchester United. And I just think with their mentality, they won't. But obviously, if it does come down to that, it was really important for them to to not stop and to keep scoring against Aston Villa, who were who were really, I mean, Carla Ward described it as the worst performance 
since she's taken charge. And I don't think she, she was wrong. I mean, in mitigation, we said it on commentary, you know, especially Farrah Williams, who was with me, that Remy Allen is out for some time. She's done her ACL, which is a huge blow for Aston Villa. And also they had no Jill Scott. So the midfield was a couple of teenagers they just looked like they were really lacking experience. So really not a good time to play Arsenal, who obviously needed to win, need to score goals. Tobin Heath has ended her time at the club as well this week, Kelly. It was a few games early because of a hamstring injury that put her out of Jonas's selection. 18 appearances, three goals. Is it a little underwhelming, her time at Arsenal? And I just wonder about US players overall. We had Christian Press, Rose Lavelle. Why do they not hit the ground like we've seen them? in America? Yeah, it's a good question. I think um, Tobin Heath will be a little bit disappointed with the goals, her goals tally. Um, She has had a a couple of injuries throughout the season, which she'll be frustrated with. It happens. I was a little bit surprised that Arsenal actually come out and reported that because obviously running, going head to head with Chelsea, one of your, you know, your your big players releasing her already. um, I was a little bit surprised about that. I thought they would kind of keep that under the radar. But for Roosevelt and Kristen Press, yeah, I I don't know why they you know, seem to underperform. Roosevelt hardly played at City. She was always coming on and trying to impact games. I think that's pure factor that Caroline Weir had, you know, a brilliant season that that that, that time. Um, Kristen Press, you know, it's it's a different game. It's it's more technical over here. I think the US League is a little bit more physical, more um, you know, box to box. The balls goes transition quite quite quickly. It's a different type of different game. You said there about the the timing of that announcement, and you, you found it quite baffling when you when you're going in a title race, Robin. I think this all plays in actually to some mind games. Have we been <laughs> witnessing some of those? We saw the press conference from Jonas last week. He seemed to have a bit of a dig, didn't he, about Chelsea getting some postponed games over the course of the season. I tried to get Emma to bite. <laughs> on yeah, I'm sure you she did. Never does. She <laughs> yeah. never ever does. So I, I mean, she's keeping quite tight-lipped about it. But do you think that's what he was trying to do? I don't know. I think he, he I think he must be really disappointed with how this season is going to end because I think basically Arsenal are going to end empty-handed, and he's kind of. It's not a great look for him, in my opinion. He's sort of getting a few excuses in, but. As a sort of journalist and a neutral, I love it. Let, let's keep this going. Like, we need more beef, don't we, in in this women's game? Oh, yeah. I think it's great. Yeah, this this rivalry. Mm. Well, we'll we'll leave that one there for now and get through the rest of the games. But um, that is the title race. I'm sure we'll come back uh, to that just at the end. Arsenal weren't the only team to score seven at the weekend, as we know. Manchester City seven. Brighton too. Uh, Sophie, our producer's got a great pun here for this one. Bunny made sure Manchester City are in with a big chance of getting that third Champions League spot with four goals against Brighton. Uh, the Jamaican opened the scoring after just three minutes. She doubled the lead before we're bundled in a third. After that third as well, the home fans singing, we want you to stay for Caroline Weir. We'll come back to that. The visitors fought back for 3-2 at halftime thanks to um, Inessa Kagman's penalty. A goal from Julia Ziggy as well, but City scored four in the second half with two more from Shaw, a free header from Alex Greenwood and a very tight angled shot from Lauren Hemp. So 7-2 overall. That third Champions League spot, do you feel like it has Manchester City's name on it now, given the form they've shown in 2022, Kelly? Yeah, definitely, Lindsay. Um, You know, they're scoring goals for fun. Seven against Brighton, four in the previous games uh, before that. And I just think they've got their their key players now in in brilliant form. In Lauren Hemp, she's had a brilliant season. Chloe Kelly's back, creating Lucy Bronze. You know, seems to be back to her best. And I think 
you know, doing that game against Brighton, they just Brighton could not handle the overlaps down down the width, the the, the deep runs by Weir and Stanway. Brighton couldn't ha- handle those two players. They've got so many attacking talents, so many good goal scorers. Ellen White was on the bench, and I just think they're in, you know, hitting form at the right time. And I can't see them dropping points between now and the end of the season. And obviously, Man United have got a really really tough game against Chelsea, who are in form. Mm. I did mention, Robin, about about the chance from the home fans about Caroline Weir. However, all of the dialogue coming out of Manchester City, I'm reading into it, for, especially from Gareth Taylor's last words on it. He he uttered the words about players who want to be at the club. So it, it gives me the impression she does want out. Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? I think there's quite there's a few Man City players that um, might be picked off by Europeans elites. I mean... They've done incredibly well given the start they had. Caroline Weir has possibly been the consistent. Even she, her form dipped a little bit, but that was kind of understandable given the sort of players around her that were so inexperienced. But she's been incredible this season. I think, you know, she, she scores stunners, but she also has been getting into the box more and scoring sort of tap-ins. She's really added something to her game. She looks very confident. And yeah, I think... Um, I back Manchester City to take that take that third spot. I think that's eleven wins in a row for them now. I mean, it's incredible. And we've got cup finals to look forward to as well. I just wonder yeah. on Brighton. I don't know what your impression is, guys, but Hope Powell. I mean, they seem to be they got safe pretty quickly, didn't they? And that's three wins in seventeen. Mm. And she's been there for five years now. I just wonder whether she might be looking at you know a, a different project soon, maybe um, because. She's been there for a while and they just seem to be stagnating just a little bit. Well, Kelly, correct me if I'm if I'm wrong, but I mean, what I was inferring from her, certainly from speaking to after this game as well, is that she's very much there on a project to try and get top four. But I mean, one of the things that I put to her after this performance, and let's just point out as well, this made them the first ever WSL side to concede more than six goals in three consecutive matches against the same opponent in Man City. So that's not good reading. And it feels like there's a huge gulf between this project that they're talking about trying to get top four. When you look at Man United and Spurs who've been in the mix, I just can't see it. So I asked her about recruitment and and how they try and plug that gap. And she she indicated that they're going to have to spend to try and get a different calibre of player I know, Kelly, you know Hope really well. I mean, do you see her staying? Do you see that project actually working out that they could get top four? It's it's a long way off. I think Hope has a real long-term contract with the club and, and she likes she likes that. She's not a coach that is going to come in and um, you know spend a lot of money. She doesn't have, have those resources. Brighton do need to invest more money because the calibre, there's no disrespect to the, to, to the players that are there, but the calibre of players that they have are not good enough to be competing for top four. She needs better finances. They have the lure of the the new training ground there, top class facilities that they have. So they need to put money more money into the program to get a better player. You know whether you look internationally, uh, but with the players that they have haven't been performing. You know the latter part of the season. I watched the game against City, and there were just too many unforced errors playing out from the back. They're playing out when there's a high press. And I was just thinking, you know, time after time, they're coughing the ball up, then they're under pressure. Sometimes you you have to realise that and the, the players have to realise that and go long and break that press and then play higher up the pitch. But they kept get, getting caught uh, in their defensive half and City were just punishing them. It could have been more than seven, you know, watching the game. 
And yeah, they just need some better players just to make them a better unit. Um, and Hope Powell, I believe, you know, she, she likes the project. Like she started off the, with the England at nothing. She built it up um, to getting us central contracts, getting us playing full time. Um, but yeah, she, I think she's the person for Brighton. Mm, it's a shame, actually, that the announcement about Karen Bardsley retiring didn't come before Monday when I could have asked Hope Powell about it because she would know Karen as well really well. Um, but that announcement actually came Monday at 11am. I went up actually and did an interview with Karen, um, sat down with her 20-year career, 81 caps for England, eight major trophies with City. She struggled with injury, hasn't she, for a while, certainly since the 2019 World Cup. But what an illustrious career she's had. Um, and I'm excited to see what she goes on to do next. We will have to move on though I'm afraid because we're running out of time so despite the big win uh, City's red rivals United moved ahead into third after their win on Sunday because of City's game in hand Manchester United three West Ham nil it finished Martha Thomas was the engine who powered United to their first goal with a header against her old club West Ham Ella Toon fed Thomas whose cross was deflected into the goal by Hammers uh, Grace Fisk for an own goal and then after half time Alessia Russo sent a powerful ball for Leah Galton to tap in uh, to make that 3-0. See, we've all spoken about Manchester City and the form they're in and how we think that they're they're probably going to go and get that third place. But actually, if you look at the table right now, it is, Robin, Manchester United who are third. So should we be paying them a bit more respect? Oh, I think they've had a great season, but I, uh, Man City have a game in hand. They, they play midweek, so it's actually in Manchester City's hands now. It's out of Manchester United. Um, all they can do is hope Manchester City slip up, and I just don't think they will. They're on fire. They've got two very winnable games to end their season. And yeah, I mean, this was a very routine win for Manchester United. I just feel like, especially because they've got Chelsea on the final day, they still need to have that statement win in the league. I know they've they've beaten the sort of so-called top sides in cup competitions. But I don't think they've actually picked up a win against one of the, the Chelsea, Chelsea Arsenal or Manchester City in the WSL yet. And I feel like that's the next step they have to take. They're close, but unfortunately, I think it's going to be another fourth place finish for a third time in a row. But that's, there's nothing wrong with that because they're still such a young club. They're certainly having a good end to the season. They've now won their last four home WSL matches. They had a 10th WSL clean sheet, only conceding once since losing to Arsenal in November of last year. So they're they're going out on a high. They're going to give it their best. But like Robin says and points out, that game in hand for City means it really isn't in their hands now. And they've got that tough game against Chelsea on the last day. West Ham-wise, just a very quick one on on these, Robin. Oli Harder, he's obviously bought the team on and he's trying to get some consistency in there but it looks like the errors have started to creep in towards the end of the season yeah it's disappointing because actually I feel like they they were having a very good season I do think he has brought them on he's done a really good job because I didn't really feel like the last few seasons they haven't really had an identity there's been a huge churn of players there didn't really know what they were trying to be but you know they they reached the FA Cup semi-final I did that one and that you know there were a couple of errors in that one against Manchester City which obviously you can't afford to do and but that you know that's the nature of the league you're going to have the sort of mid table teams and it's always going to be very difficult to make that jump up like spurs have done so brilliantly this season 
Well, we'll look further down the table now. Leicester City nil, Reading nil. Leicester earned a crucial point at home to Reading with this goalless draw. A big turnaround from their last two home matches where they lost 14-0 in total. The hosts were stopped by the post twice on Shannon O'Brien's shot and Natasha Flint's free kick. And Reading's Gemma Evans had a chance on the volley in stoppage time, but there were no goals to be had in this one. I mean, I say a crucial point at home for Leicester City. I I mean, they're not making it easy for themselves, Kelly. They could have done with three in this one. Yeah, definitely. And they'll be kicking themselves because they did have actually have chances um, to put the game to bed, but just couldn't get that breakthrough. But, you know, one point is better than none. But yeah, they've really struggled this season, Leicester. I think Lydia Bedford's, you know, got if she stays for next season, she's got a tough tough task of, of recruiting and getting players in. Um, but they'll be pleased if they stay up. That's a brilliant season for them because for so long they've been battling out at the bottom, trying to survive, trying to get points on the board. But it's been a, a dramatic you know, season with, with it potentially being them or Birmingham that will go down. But I do think, you know, I think they've got enough to stay up. If they can beat Spurs, then that'd be a brilliant way to end their season. It's at Tottenham Hotspurs Stadium, great stadium. Um, and they can go out on a high. What can Lydia Bedford do, Robin, to ensure that they're not in this position next season if they do manage to stay up as as we think they might? I think she needs backing. They need a bit more recruitment, uh, a bit more WSL experience, I'd say. You know, they lost Remy Allen to Aston Villa in the summer. That would have been a big, she would have been a big boost for them. But I, I think she's done an excellent job. They hadn't won a game. I don't think they pick, even picked up a point before she came in. And she's she's managed to, to steer them to relative safety, tighten them up. They've got a, a good few um, clean sheets since she's been there as well. They just need a little bit more going forward. I think Natasha Flint, you know, obviously excellent championship player and will score you a few goals in the, in the WSL. Jess Sigsworth as well. She's got a long-term injury. I just think they need a, she just needs a little bit more backing and then hopefully next season won't be quite as as uh, as nervy as this one. But I do think because of the goal difference with Birmingham, they're going to be fine. Everton fought back for a draw against Spurs after a first WSL goal in just the fifth minute for Tottenham's Asmita Ale. Uh, the fans had to wait till the last five minutes for drama to really kick off. Everton's Danielle Turner levelled the scoring with a header, 52 seconds later, Josie Green scored a tap-in to put the visitors ahead. Then a minute into injury time, Megan Finnegan scored a header to gift Everton the draw. So it ended 2-2 at Everton's Walton Hall Park. Everton a 10th, but safe. I don't think we need to touch too much on them. We know it's been a disappointing season. As for Spurs, who are fifth, they're out of contention for third place, but it has been a brilliant season for them. They dropped off this time. Do you think they'd do it again, Kelly, or that can they kick on and and get into that top three and be one of the disruptors. Yeah, I was a little bit disappointed. I know Spurs played Chelsea midweek. Maybe they were a little bit tired travelling away to, to Everton because they twice had the lead and let it slip. And that's um, inexperience and lapse of concentration. And they looked vulnerable when they when they scored. I think they were overexcited that they got the, the, the 2-1 and then Finnegan popped up. So... I do feel, I think Percival, her injury, she's such a an experienced player in the middle of the park there. I think losing her hasn't helped Spurs the last few games. But yeah, they, I think the recruitment in the summer, uh, Rianne Skinner will look to bring more experienced players in. I think got quite a, squ- a small squad. Again, resources and, and getting the right players in is what Rihanna Skinner needs. She's been fantastic and could be the key signing this summer. Wouldn't you want to just 
bolt her down really long term at Spurs. Um, another interesting conversation, which I'm sure we'll have on another show, is, is about the length of contracts. All the indications from managers that you speak to right now is they're trying to secure players for even longer. Uh, the WSL still has one week to go then, but we've just seen the last weekend of the championship where Coventry United pulled off the impossible. At Christmas, it was announced that they were going into liquidation. In the end, they were saved, but they still had a 10 points deduction. Uh, Relegation seemed like a certainty, but on the last day of the season, they still had a chance, very small chance, but a chance. A win against Watford would mean staying up. 90 minutes had been and gone. It was nil-nil. So what did they go and do? blown by the referee. Free kick over the wall. Oh, it's in! And it goes in! And Coventry United and the death as they scored the goal to confirm their place in the championship. Robin, Kelly, you must have watched this on repeat like me. Not only was it a free kick, my goodness, it was a long range free kick. When I ended up seeing the video for this, I just didn't realise how far out Molly Green was. It was a worldie. I also watched some of the Spurs players watching that goal. It's I don't know, I just went into one of those, you know, worm, <laughs> wormholes where you just don't get out of YouTube. But um, Kelly, we are told time and again by people like yourself, strikers, certainly in the men's game, women's <laughs> game, that feeling of scoring a goal. Like people say it's better than sex. We've heard that before yeah <laughs> what's this one like <laughs> oh molly green absolute take a bow i mean i like you Lindsay. i saw it on twitter and i kept playing it and playing it and playing it and just looking at how far out she was just the audacity to strike from that distance oh, with the power and the goalkeeper had no chance i've got goosebumps now just t- re- replaying it in my mind Earlier, producer Sophie Penny caught up with the general manager of Coventry United, Jay Bradford, and captain Katie Wilkinson to find out how they've been feeling since. Jay Bradford, Katie Wilkinson, thank you so much for coming on the Athletic Women's Football Podcast. We're so excited to have you. First of all, massive congratulations. I've had that free kick playing on loop on my social media. I can't stop watching it. Has it sunk in yet, Jay? To be honest, no, I don't think it has. I think it's, um, but to be fair, I went out yesterday and four or five people just walked up to me and said, up the cough. So maybe that's my life now. Maybe people just say that to me. So yeah, I think it might take a few more days and I think it, it's been a mad couple of days and I, I might start to calm down towards the end of the week. But yeah, we're, we're just so happy that we, we got over the line and we got the job done. Amazing. Katie, have you been recognising supermarkets as well? Or has it sunk well, in? I mean, I think to be honest, I was hibernating after our night out on, uh, on Sunday night. Um, I was a bit worse for wear. Tell us about those celebrations. It was it was a struggle trying to get us out of Vicarage Road in the first place, I think. Um, dancing with the speaker and, and beers and Prosecco and champagne in hand. The coach journey on the way back was a little bit mad. Yeah, it just went on throughout the night. I think I think a few of us got back about five five in the morning and yeah, slept for a lot of Monday, um, trying to recover and just I mean, just the, the reaction on social media and all the the congratulation messages and things like that. It was just, it's been, honestly, it's been unreal. That's incredible. And I want you guys to talk me through that free kick moment. Let's start with Jay. Kind of talk me through 
where you were, what you were thinking, how you were feeling. So me and Joe were just we were just at the front of the technical area, and Molly put the ball down, and Joe looked at me and said, "Molly Green's going to be a hero." And I just like I shrugged at her, you know, ninety-seven minutes. I just looked at her and went, "Okay." And then she hit it, and it just. The, I couldn't believe the noise for the fact that we were away from home. The volume in the stadium just went up a notch and it was just madness. And then I remember thinking, I've got to get everyone off the pitch because I didn't want the time to be added on by the ref because obviously Watford only needed a point so we didn't want any more additional time. So I'm I'm trying to get people off the pitch. I'm trying to get players back on the pitch. I'm trying to get the staff off the pitch. Yeah, and then it was... I don't know how long she played after that, maybe another minute or so, but it was the longest minute or so of my life. I remember just standing there and on the footage, I'm just stood with my head and my hands going, oh my God. Um, and I just keep looking at Joe going, we've done it. Oh my God, we've done it. What about you, Katie? Talk us through where, what you were thinking, feeling, doing. I think obviously we were very aware that time was running out. We were just trying to get the ball forward. I think it was Katie Morris that won us the free kick. And from that range, you know, myself and Marlon Charlie, we all kind of, go through our free kicks and training and we all have a distance that we all, you know, are, are better at, so to say. Um, and we knew that this was Molly Green territory and she she put the ball down. And I kind of, I was stood by the wall and I, in my head I'm thinking I'm just going to try and block the keeper here and just kind of just be a bit of a nuisance. And I remember, I, I remember seeing the ball. I watched it as it flew into the back of the net and I I just couldn't believe that how clean she hit that and how perfect it went into that top bins unbelievable moment and then obviously the celebrations that was just I mean crazy and then after after it like we'd kind of got all the bench and the staff off the pitch it was a case of just getting Marlon trying to calm her down because we were aware that there was about three the referee had told us there were three minutes left to play so that's maybe why that one minute sounded like... <laughs> yeah, a lot of three. But yeah, I just, I knew like Molly's adrenaline and all of our adrenaline really was just through the roof. So I just was trying to calm Molly down because it would have been heartbreaking to have conceded a goal in that last three minutes. So it was just a case of getting us through the three minutes and then celebrate after. I've heard you say, Jay, that it wasn't just one moment. Everyone's focusing on the free kick, but it's a lot of moments that have built up built up to that and I'm just interested in kind of what about the team made the comeback possible and I wondered if perhaps you could share what each other has brought that has made it possible it could be a really small thing like just something they said once or 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 mentality or something like that I wonder if Jay you could tell us something maybe about what Katie's done and Katie you could tell us what what Jay's done I think for me the fact that Wilco was happy to lead. She was happy to step up. Obviously, she was scoring goals for us, really important goals. But she was also leading quietly off the pitch. She was, you know, um, we had a sheet. <laughs> we had a sheet of paper, um, which actually turned out to be a pretty, pretty special sheet of paper. And we just tracked our results and Wilco led that. And it was it was a Friday afternoon thing. And she just took control of the group and just aligned everybody's focus I think at the right moment I think what she did at Christmas was exceptional I thought she was the voice of the players when you know she didn't she didn't have to be she could have just called her agent and said where are we going what we're doing and she didn't she stepped up and she epitomized to me what a captain should be at that time that's brilliant why, why is the paper special what's that something something happened with the paper <laughs> so it was just it was just a we just tracked the results we tracked what we needed we 
I think it just held held us accountable each week. I think it gave us it just gave us a focus going into the next fixture, and that was completely player led. And I've got that paper in my possession still, and I'm gonna it'll definitely be framed. Brilliant. And Casey, what about for for Jay? Jay's been unreal with us. I mean, it, it's no secret that she's very laid back and very calm, and I think that for us as players is massively important because I think Joe on the flip side is the very the very opposite to that but a great balance and you know and Jay's been through a lot this season you know her club nearly got taken away from her she's been at the club since day dot she's had her own personal problems but she's been there for us throughout and I think that's been massively important for us as individuals and as a team Um, and I think as a collective we just didn't stop she's drilled into into us about being mentality monsters and that's exactly what all of us have been I love that phrase mentality monsters did you come up with that yourself Jay yeah it was I I remember it was before the Sheffield game and I remember just thinking this it it is a mentality game we're not if we do this it'll be it'll be because we're mentally ready for it not physically we're ready we're we're a football team you know the players are fit the staff know what they're doing they're good we've got good coaches good you know good S&Cs. So for me, it was all it was all between the years where we were going to win it. With the sheet as well, I think, you know, I'm go- I've actually got a video of our last kind of, of us filling out the last kind of step to our, our journey. But just kind of in terms of what, ha- like how much that sheet meant to us. For us, it was a journey and no week was ever the same. Even when we had friendlies and FA Cup, every single week was a step towards the great escape in effect but yeah like I say when we share it I think you'll be able to see exactly why it meant so much to us and that that term the great escape was that something that you guys had planned as part of your your sheet or is it just kind of come about it when you see it it's the title in massive great capital letters um and to think that all those months ago that's what we named it and that's what we've gone and achieved I think again it's just surreal. It really is the fact that, you know, every, I don't believe there's one person in, in women's football that believes we'd do this other than inside our circle. I honestly don't believe there was, you know, people might have said, oh yeah, how amazing would it have been? But to actually have thought that we could go and do what we've done, I think you'd be counting on one hand. And it must mean so much more just because of everything that you've you've been through, mustn't it? Oh, it's, you know, the, I had players on the phone to me in tears, you know, when two days before Christmas that the club was no longer going to be there. It was, it was heartbreaking. It was, it was probably one of the worst of my career, um, which was six months later turned into one of the best seasons of my career. But yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking, you know, yesterday, you know, what we went through, the 10-point deduction, all of that. But it's not just about that. For me, we were a team that only put four points on the board at the start in that first six months. You know, we were underachieving for whatever reason that may be, a new team. We'd all just started to get to know each other and start to gel a little bit. But we could only put four points on the board and to go and do what we've done and be unbeaten in eight and win those games and those draws that were still massively important. Because I said to the girls on the Friday, if any one of those results would have changed, we would not have been in the situation we would have been in on Sunday. 
So, yeah, just unbelievable. She's right. I don't think anybody did believe it. You know, they would. it would be a token tweet of, oh, you know, they've, they've drawn again. Oh, my God, they've got three points. You know, maybe they are going to do it. But we did it. And I, and I said I said in an interview on Sunday, you know, it'll never be done again. And it will never be done again because I think the sanctions that were put on us won't happen again. I think that that will be looked at and I think it will be proportioned correctly to the women's game in terms of how many teams are in our league. You know, we were punished just as harshly as a team that's got 20 plus teams in it, not a 12 team league. So um, I just think huge credit to everyone involved. And and as I said on Sunday, this team will go down in history. The feeling of, you know, being around this group for the last six months will live with everybody that's been in it. And I don't think we'll ever quite be able to share it all and how it actually feels and felt at the time because you can't quite describe it and you can't quite put your finger on a specific moment or a specific detail that was the difference because it's just a culmination of events that we all bought into and we all delivered on. And in terms of of moving forward, like you say, you want to see the change in the, the number of points deducted. I suppose the aim must be to make sure that no team has to go through what you guys went through. Yeah, I think for me, you know, I think the FA, I think they're great for teams in the championship. You know, the financial support they give, the off-pitch support, it, it is very good. But there's still gaps because there's still teams like us that get the rug pulled out from under them at Christmas. So something somewhere is missing. I'm not the, I'm not qualified enough to give an answer for that. But what I will say is the only people that suffered from what happened at Christmas was the pe- were the people that were left at the football club. The people that actually pushed the button on what happened have effectively sailed off into the sunset, no questions asked. They could go and buy a football club tomorrow and nobody would bat an eyelid. But, you know, we were left picking up the pieces as as people, not as footballers and as managers, as people, and picking up our emotions. And I've said it time and time again, the effect that this will have had on this group mentally and physically, I don't think will probably come to the fore, maybe for some until they retire because they'll look back and they'll understand what that time did to them mentally and physically. And if we hadn't have won on Sunday, I genuinely would have feared for the group as a whole, as people, not where they were going to play their football, not who was going to go and get jobs, but what they were going to do as people, because it was that detrimental at that time. And I think that's the most important thing to drive home. We are people. We aren't paid an unbelievable amount of money where we could just all sit at home for six months and go, oh, we're not going to worry. People were having to give up flats. People were having to call partners and parents and go, how am I going to pay my mortgage? You know, I might have to take all my Christmas presents back that I've bought. That is a reality that I I wouldn't put my worst enemy through. And I hope that the FA, other teams, other club owners have learned from this experience. And even if it's the club owners that are struggling, act quicker and bring it to the attention of the FA sooner, not on the last day when you've already made your decision on what you're going to do with your football club. So, yeah, for me, bigger sanctions on the people that actually make these decisions, not sanctions on the people that are left behind to pick up the pieces. And Katie, having you know been been through all, all of this, obviously this season you have that as a kind of most, big motivation for you, big driving force. 
how do you sort of carry that group energy that you have through to next season? And do you have any aims for the championship next season? I mean, you can maybe start looking forward now, start booking those stag do's and hen do's, but also look at the championship. I think, to be honest, as a group, I think the staff, the players, I don't think there's any thought on next season right now. As a as a team, I hope that we can keep as many of us together as possible because, you know, the the bond that we've created is one I'll never, ever forget. But at this moment in time, it's recover, it's chill, it's just process everything because it's been one hell of a year. It really has. I can't explain, you know, when that goal went in and we, we did what we did, there was tears streaming down my face with just relief, you know, just that weight off your shoulders of that we've done it, we've got through it. And I absolutely love being on the football pitch, but I can't tell you how happy I am to have this week off. <laughs> a very, very well-deserved week week off for both of you. And Jay Bradford, Katie Wilkinson, thank you so much for speaking to the Athletic Women's Football Podcast. Thank you. No problem. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Coventry United General Manager Jay Bradford, Captain Katie Wilkinson also there speaking to producer Sophie. I think we all need a bit of that monster mentality that she mentioned there. In the Championship then, Liverpool, they're on their way up. Watford will be relegated. The playoff between Wolves and Southampton women to see who will fill Watford's spot is on May the 21st. We know that I have a dog in that fight. In the tier below, over 22,000 fans also turned out to see tier four Newcastle at St. James's Park on Sunday. They beat Annick Town 4-0. Uh, that broke the Women's League match attendance record, beating the WSL. There's a good piece as well on The Athletic by Charlotte Harper about that. A club showing the desire to invest in women's football, but owned by a crown prince of a country that restricts women's rights. It's an awkward juxtaposition. Some food for thought with that article. We're going to zoom out now to Europe, where in the Champions League, we've got a Barcelona-Leon final. How excited are you both for this one? Yeah, I can't wait for this. Um, I'm actually going. Oh, wow. Pinching myself. Yeah, I'm going to fly out and and attend the final. Um, But I just think Barcelona, I I know they lost um, to Wolfsburg in the second leg, but I think in their minds, they already knew that the the game was over with the five goals that they scored um, at home and they were kind of on cruise control just seeing it out. But yeah, no, it's going to be a very exciting final. Two, probably, well, two of the best teams in Europe, in my opinion, are in the final. Um, It's going to be a tough game, but I do think Barcelona, with the attacking talent that they have and the flair that they've shown all season in their league and in the Champions League, I think they'll have a little bit too much for Lyon, but I think it's going to be going to go right down to the wire. 
the attention for this Champions League final is at an absolute peak in the women's game. I I remember times when, I, I mean, we went to Stamford Bridge and covered a Champions League final and people didn't know it was really on. I think that was around about mm. 2013 times. It feels so different coming into this one. Uh, there's been a total of almost 180,000 fans over four games just plotting the route to this final. We saw Wolfsburg beat Barcelona 2-0 in the second leg of the semi-final. They lost 3-5 on aggregate. Uh, Leon beating PSG. 2-1 to win 5-3 overall so it's had the drama in there uh, the final for the for the Champions League final is the 21st of May at the Allianz Stadium in Turin we've just heard Kelly's going to be there she's got the best ticket in town for that one uh, the Champions League next year will be without Russian teams after they were banned from next season's UEFA club competitions on Monday that's some news that we've had Russia also can't continue their qualification campaign for the 2023 World Cup it's all because of their invasion of Ukraine. Um, It's been confirmed that Russia won't be allowed to play at the Euros this summer. They will be replaced by Portugal, who were beaten by Russia in the playoffs. And in some other Euro news as well, England will play their third Euros warm-up fixture against Switzerland on June 30th in Zurich. Let the countdown begin. This is the Athletic Women's Football Podcast with Kate Borsay and Lindsay Hooper. If you're not yet a subscriber to The Athletic, you can get a subscription now for just £1 a month for the next six months by heading to theathletic.com forward slash WSL pod. So coming up, it's the grand finale of the WSL season. We are strapping ourselves in for this one. It's the time of season where everyone starts calculating results furiously to see what all the permutations are. Luckily for you listeners, we've done it for you. So on Wednesday, Chelsea will win the title if Arsenal can't get at least a draw uh, from their North London rivals Spurs at the Emirates. And Birmingham will be relegated if they don't beat Manchester City. Success for Arsenal and Birmingham on Wednesday would take it all down to the final day of the league on Sunday. Chelsea are up against Manchester United at Kings Meadow. Arsenal travel to West Ham, plus it's the second City derby at Villa Park. What are we thinking then, guys? I know that we're going to go prediction heavy here. We've got to nail our our flags to the mast. Are we all thinking it's going to be Chelsea because they're in front already for the title? Anyone disagree? Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I think Chelsea, from what I've seen the last you know, a few games and pretty much most of the season. They've got a, a deep squad to come in. They've got players that can come off the bench and change it if it's going wrong, like we saw against Birmingham when she brought Cuthbert on and Mielda and James. The quality that they have um, is just outstanding. And I, I can't see them slipping up at this point in the season. Emma Hayes is so experienced. She's been here before. The players have been here before. They like this pressure and they'll be lapping it up when they play Manchester United. I can't see anything but a Chelsea win. Hmm. If Chelsea do lose, Arsenal would be able to take the title with a win. They travel to West Ham, as we know. Third spot-wise, Robin, Manchester City can secure that Champions League spot. If they win both of their games on Wednesday and Sunday, they have Birmingham and then Reading, which seems like a nicer run-in, doesn't it? Yeah, and considering the form they're in, as I said before, I can't see them not getting six points from those last two games. I think the the only thing I'd say on, on Chelsea is that they really haven't been playing well. And Manchester United, even though it's out of their hands, they will have something to play for. Even if it's not the Champions League, it's just that statement win to end the season to take into, into the next campaign. So they, they will be motivated, Manchester United. 
but it's at home at King's Meadow where Chelsea are pretty imperious, so I can't see anything and uh, any upset happening there, unfortunately, for Manchester United fans. Relegation-wise, the only way Birmingham can avoid it is if they beat Manchester City and Aston Villa and Leicester City also have to lose to Spurs. There's too much going on in this one, isn't there, for, for Birmingham to somehow stay in the league? Kelly, you remember playing Birmingham when they were at their absolute height uh, of powers in WSL. Do you think that they'll come straight back up if they do go down? Yeah, I've... Kaz Carney, Laura Bassett, Ellen White were all playing for them. Um, you know, brilliant outfit. Uh, at that time, they have kind of fallen by the way path. Um, it's, it's a little bit frustrating because they were always one of the top sides in the in the league. And for, for whatever reason, the players haven't performed or the budget's been cut and they are find themselves where they are at the bottom of the league. You know, I think they would want to hold on to the more senior players within their squad, but I'm sure players will want to leave. They want to want to be playing FAWSL one. Hopefully, the manager can stay on. He's looking to stay on, and yeah, I, I think they've got the the right ingredients to bounce back. They just have to recruit again and and go again. But it's a shame to see their fall. Well, those are our predictions to end the season. We'd love to know yours as well. You can get them into us at The Athletic UK and at Offside Rule Pod. After the WSL finishes, it is the FA Cup final that we'll be looking ahead to. We've got an exciting announcement as well that we'll be giving away four tickets for that final at Wembley. Uh, Look out for the details on social media. That's all we have time for on this week's Athletic Women's Football Podcast with Now. Uh, Thank you very much to Kelly and Robin and to you as well, our listeners, for being with us through thick and thin on this journey and we'll find out how it all unfolds in the very last show Uh, when you are with your friends or family watching this last game of the season uh, make sure that you tell them about this very podcast spread the word please Uh, see you next time for the grand WSL finale the athletic women's football podcast is proudly partnered with now with a now sports membership you can watch the biggest moments from the women's super league live Find out more at nowtv.com. The Athletic.